Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Create your life. 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 On skip your life. You better create your life. <laughs> create your life. Create la vie. Create your life. Create your life. Beautiful people, happy Sunday. It is an amazing day, and we are here in the studios to create your life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and this has been a phenomenal day. It's rainy in New York City, hoping that it's dry where you are, but if not, you know, hoping that you can stay as dry as possible. Getting straight into the catch up section of the uh, show, I just came literally running into the studio from NYU. I had a speaking engagement down there. I was at the uh, Got to Be Good tour, is uh, what, I, what I did. And, Thankfully, I was invited by a friend named Taylor Pearson, who I met through an entrepreneur group called the Dynamite Circle. So I had the opportunity to go down there and speak on a panel. Well, actually, we all did. It was nine presenters. We did presentations, and then we also had a panel afterwards where we did an intimate Q&A with the audience. And this was phenomenal, but I also I was very happy because I had the opportunity. The, the topic of the, the session was finding work that only you can do. And so I flipped that on this axis, and I said, you know, is there work that we can only do or should we be more concerned with finding work that we only want to do? And when I did that, it opened up everyone's eyes and we started to talk about experiences. And of course, my presentation is always interactive. So I got the crowd involved and I told them that, you know, we oftentimes are looking at people's why. Why do they do something in their what? What is it that you do? Well, the primary area that we need to focus on is the how. Because the how is the only thing that can be duplicated. And the how is the one thing that uh, you can keep practicing at and become better at. And so I broke it down into three simple elements. And those three simple elements were two ears, two feet, and belief. And the two ears, they represent hearing and listening to your inner voice, but also to those around you who have your best interests. And then the two feet is that taking action. And when I talked about my experience of wanting to be a clothing designer since I was a kid, and that taking me to college and abroad to London and ultimately bringing me to being a public speaker following that passion. You know, I talked about making that pivot and then exploring other options. So that was that action. And I said that, you know what, no matter what it is that you do and how the work changes, your life work changes, what it really boils down to is that you, you often have to believe and you have to believe that you're good enough to make that dream happen, that you're, you're, you're the one. And so that belief is what guides you and helps you to make it through those hard times and those transitional periods. So, again, two ears, two feet and belief, ladies and gentlemen, that is what that presentation was about. It went over really well. And hopefully I'll be doing some more work with them on their tour as they continue to go to different business schools around the country and make a difference in people's lives. So today's topic, today's episode, what are we talking about? 
it's almost holiday season. And I'll be honest, when it's holiday season, I get that itch to want to go abroad. I want to travel and find out, see some new cultures and things like that for my Christmas and my New Year's. Why not bring it in in another country? And so some of our listeners actually asked a question. How do I travel abroad? Number one, where should I go and how do I travel abroad without breaking the bank? Now, when it comes to where you want to go, I would have to leave that one up to our listeners. You know, some of the places that I want to go, I want to go to Ghana, I want to go to Senegal, uh, Nigeria. There's a lot of West Africa. You know, I want to go to Liberia. And then I also want to go to East Africa as well. I want to go to Ethiopia. I wouldn't mind going back to Egypt and Sudan, just a couple of different places. But so what I did is I compiled a list of 20 things that you can do in order to travel on a budget. So those are the things that I want to give to you guys today and make sure that you can travel on a budget, go abroad, have that good time. And I'm going to sprinkle in a little bit of my experiences with some of these strategies so that you know that these are things that I actually use. And for those that I researched and that I don't know, or that I haven't used personally, then I'll let you know about those things. And want to give a big shout out to Sharice because Sharice actually helped this research a lot of it. So thank you, Sharice. And she's over there saying yay. So <laughs> let's, let's get right into it. Number one, book your flight, accommodation, and the length of your trip in advance. That also means planning your activities in advance. You know, I, I call this one the four-in-one. You know, usually you got that three-in-one, it's the four-in-one. And this is important because if you plan your activities around where you stay, then you won't be doubling back. You know, like let's say, for example, when we were in uh, in South Africa, when we went all the way out to the Mandela, uh, to what was it, to Scranton? Oh, Sandtown. When we went all the way out there, we did all of the activities in that direction so that we didn't have to worry about going back out there. And even though I was out there for 10 days, I wanted it to be something where I was being thorough with my actions and then in directions that I was moving. But all of that ended up boiling down to the plan ahead of time. And that made a huge difference. And when we decided to go to the outskirts, to more native places, when we were hanging out in the townships, when I say we, but it was really me hanging out in the townships with some of the locals. Another thing is, is that in order to travel on a budget, you need to create your ideal budget, kind of figure out what it is that you want to spend while you're abroad because that makes a huge difference if you know what your budget is and how much you break it down to how much you're supposed to spend a day on meals etc etc then you could kind of plan around that and make it happen and the best way to stay on top of the currency and what's going on is to go to xc.com and it'll give you that up-to-date information on the exchange rate which makes a huge difference especially when you're buying food and just doing anything and then also you want to figure out which attractions are absolutely important for you to see while you're there. And when in South Africa, I stayed in Mabaning, which is an art district. So I know if I wanted to get that art feel, wanted to buy some art souvenirs and things like that, that was an area that I would be into, see some great graffiti and things like that. It was all right there where I was staying at. And everything else was only a 10 to 15 minute cab ride away. So everything was, we were pretty much centrally located to the things that I wanted to do. Another thing that I definitely do all the time is I roll with hostels over hotels. Hostels tend to be cheaper. You know, they have areas for you to cook so that you can save money in that regard. But the other thing that hostels offer is they offer the opportunity for you to hit the ground running and 
start meeting people who have may have been there for two weeks, three weeks, who may be studying in the area, might be staying there instead of an apartment building. Whereas if you stayed in a hotel, oftentimes at the hotel, you're really just there and you might meet some people in the lobby or you might, you know, hit it off well with the concierge and get some really good tips. But once you hit the hostel, you're on the ground floor and most people in hostels, 99.9% of them aren't pretentious. So you don't have to worry about that. And you could kind of roll out that day. I remember when I rolled into, prime example, when I rolled into South Africa, I met my friend Orky and Mike. Mike's from Austria. Orky's uh, from another part of Germany. And they were like, oh, okay, well, we're going to go to uh, the Nelson Mandela Museum. I said, okay, let's go. Luckily, one of them had already been there. We asked the guy who owned the hostel, some of the people who worked there. They told us what to do. We walked up the street to the, uh, to the central business district and caught the bus from the main train. Uh, train station and there it was we were on our way to the Nelson Mandela Museum had I went to a hotel I probably wouldn't have had that option not saying that it's completely impossible but those are some of the advantages of staying in the hostel the other thing is is I like to get the native experience I don't want to go to another country and live like I do in America if that's not how they do things there I want to get that native experience so for example I had the opportunity to to meet some really cool people. Actually, I met some natives who were staying in the hostel because they were uh, moving on, changing apartments, and we ended up becoming friends. And so we ended up going to the townships in South Africa together. And I mean, hanging out all day, learned this great word, this cool uh, terminology called Lakshan culture. And the Lakshan culture is pretty much hanging out. You get the boombox out on the lawn, you hang out, get a couple of lawn chairs, and you're chilling out there, and you're drinking water. Some people, uh, there's a there's like a little house there, and they make food in there. They make drinks in there, and you just sit out. And you just have a good time, man, and you listen to the guys sing uh, native songs and, you know, play some some mainstream music, uh, some of their mainstream stream music, and there's a lot of house music and stuff like that. And we literally sat out there uh, in the townships for hours, and that type of experience is priceless, but I contribute that to staying at the hostel. And the same thing when I was in, in Dominican Republic, I was in the barrio with some friends and we're hanging out, you know, feeding chickens and kind of sitting on the steps and talking and talking about life and understanding that so many people don't have as much as we may have here in America or so many things, but they still have happiness and what those things mean. I mean, we're talking about people who are living in houses with 10 roofs, uh, where where the rain is actually tricking into the trickling into the apartment, all of these different things are going on in these different people's lives, and they're still happy. So it makes you question, or it makes you understand even deeper that your happiness is not directly tied to material things. And another way to save money, number four, avoid touristy restaurants. And I say this because you're not going to really find out where the best food is by going to touristy restaurants. You're going to have to go to where the locals eat. And part of that, one thing that I didn't get to do in South Africa, see, this is the reason why I got to go back. I didn't get to try bunny chow in South Africa. And bunny chow is, is an East Indian bread dish where you get like this curry chicken and some bread. Now, I haven't seen it, but I've been told, and that's something that I have to have. I got to give me some bunny chow. But you, and that's because we were kind of eating in some touristy areas. And... Next time I go, I'm going to make that a point to make sure that I get more of that native cuisine in because that's really, really what <laughs> what it's about. Another thing, number five, bring a water bottle with you everywhere you go. 
because you don't want to be spending a lot of money on soda, on Gatorade, things like that. You want to have some water with you. Now, depending on the country, it would be more, it would be smarter for you to uh, invest in some water instead of drinking the water there because there's all types of pesticides and things like that that may be in the water that could harm your stomach. So you definitely want to watch out for that and make sure that that's not, uh, you don't fall uh, to that fate. Number six, buy groceries and cook at the hostel. There were times when I was in Australia, definitely cooked at the hostel, made some eggs, uh, some uh, guacamole. Well, I had the avocado with some toast, things like that. Tastes really good. Also saved me a pretty penny. You know, and I had fruit, things like that. So when I was going out on my day trips, you know, just me and my bag and a camera and some friends that I met, I had food for myself and sandwiches. And so I saved myself money. And so this also gives you opportunity to have more money to do other things. Number seven, travel during low peak season. And of course, you can choose to avoid holidays and summers. Uh, For example, our winter in the States is Australia and parts of Africa summer. So you can switch some things up and actually opt out and go and, you know, live there for the for the winter and things like that, which a lot of people are, are notorious for doing. But I found to be on the beach at Christmas time in 90 degree weather to be amazing and something that I hadn't experienced before. So definitely something that I really enjoyed and that I encourage you to do. And I always say, man, dip during this dip during the winter. Go get some of that warm weather It's good for you. Good for the. For the soul. Number eight, use budget airlines. And if you're in Europe, there are budget airlines that you can fly from London to Paris, Amsterdam to Barcelona. And I've actually taken flights like this for like less than 30 bucks. And it's cheaper than the train sometimes. So I definitely encourage you to do that. And so some of the airlines that I encourage you to use, if you're in Europe, Ryanair. Uh, EasyJet, Norwegian Airlines, German Wings, list goes on. And for Africa, the budget airlines are Kalula, Mango, uh, FastJet, Fly Africa, and Fly 450. But be sure to check out those budget restrictions before you do so because you don't want to get caught up with unnecessary fees. And that's where you'll kind of get caught at, you know, so you want to make sure that you read the fine print, things like that. But those flights oftentimes are a lot cheaper over there are with those budget airlines than purchasing your ticket from a main American company that doesn't necessarily have the in the, that isn't in the business of flying locally uh, there. So number nine, use buses and local transportation, but do this cautiously because you want to do it where it's safe or you want to use cabs if they're cheap. One of the things that I definitely make sure that I always do is ask a native or somebody at the hostel, how much should it cost me to go this distance? And if they could tell me that if they tell me it's only 15 bucks or 15 rand in the case of South Africa, then I'm definitely paying attention to that because oftentimes the cab drivers, they'll inflate the prices on me uh, as I'm there. And they do that a lot to people who aren't from there, who aren't native, who don't know any better. So you want to make sure that you cross cross comparing those uh, those prices, man. Keep that money in your pocket. And number 10, we want to eat the complimentary breakfast and take some extra snacks if they are available. I did this a lot in Japan. We had we stayed at this one hostel in Kyoto, and they had this really great breakfast in the morning. They had, like, rice. They had bagels. They had fruit. And so we kind of loaded up. And before we would go out on our trips during the day, man, we were, we were set. In addition to some other food that we may have bought and things like that, we were ready, ready for the day. Number 11, 
Take advantage of the free admission to museums and attractions when they are available. This is a part of that planning process. If you plan out what it is that you're trying to do, that you want to do, you know, what museums you want to go to, things like that, they have free days. And if you plan that out, then you can actually adjust your entire schedule around the free days to make sure that you are saving those coins. Number 12, do not buy a whole bunch of souvenirs. Don't just don't do it. It's going to make your luggage heavy. You know, it's going to be a pain to try to make sure that you get things back so that they don't actually break. So many things go into that. I would suggest sending postcards and send postcards from places that are kind of like landmarks. So, for example, when I was in Italy, I sent postcards to different mentors and family members from the Sistine Chapel. You know, I actually purchased the postcards from them and let them know, hey, I'm at the Sistine Chapel. You know, this is for you thinking of you. That goes a long way than having this heavy, heavy luggage because you've bought your mom, your auntie, your sister, cousin, brother, uncle, all of these different things, a scarf and a rug and all of that stuff. And then you got to pay to get that stuff back. No, completely not worth it. Another thing that I want to add on to that is do not go to other countries and buy the stuff that you can get here. Buy something that is native to there that you probably won't find here so that it and that comes with clothing, too. Unless you absolutely unless, if it's that exotic and that dope, then you get it. If not, leave it where it's at. Don't don't waste your time. Man. Like, be smart with your money. And if you like when I was in a bazaar in Egypt, one of the things was is that I found these pyramids that had all of this different like this really, really these really, really detailed pyramids that I didn't think I would be able to find anywhere else. I had a black set and a brown set. And I gave the brown away, kept the black, and I found a, a Ramses, a big one and a small one. So I got the big one for myself and got the small one for my nephew. And I told my nephew that when he graduates from high school, we'll switch. I'll take the little one and he'll take the big one. So I did buy a couple of things, but I, didn't, I made sure that it was something that I could move around with. Because when I was in South Africa, there was a souvenir that I really, really wanted. I wanted a warrior. And that had that had the uh, the spear and everything, a black warrior. But it was so big. And when I picked it up, it was too heavy for me to go to Durban and then to Cape Town and then have a layover in London coming back to New York with. I was at the beginning of my trip. So definitely I'm going back to Lion Park when I go to South Africa, Johannesburg, and I'm going to get my warrior, man. I wanted that thing so bad, but I understood that it wasn't going to be a smart purchase for the duration of my trip. And so I had to make the sacrifice. Uh, number 13 for phones. I use a local SIM card when I go places. And the reason why is because I'm going to need to be like other people from other countries. If you don't have an international plan, I could just put, you know, if I'm staying there for three weeks and I put 50 bucks on the phone, I'm not going to be using the phone that often unless I'm communicating with some friends and things like that. And I might need to use my WhatsApp. And if I don't have Wi-Fi, then I need to use WhatsApp or a different app that helps me to communicate with those who are there who, who came with me. So I do that, but I save my long conversations, those Skype calls with my cousins and, and whoever. I save those for when I'm at the hostel, Wi-Fi, not doing anything. So that's the best way to move around is to, and I also take, I take a different phone than my main phone when I'm going abroad because I will warn you this. I was at a club in, a local club in South Africa and my phone was stolen out of my friend's purse. My nice 
at that time, Samsung Galaxy 3, which had all of my notes on the pictures and everything, was it was taken out of her purse. And that was like the ultimate L. And I had so much stuff on that phone, and it was kind of like, dude, was that worth it? No. So now I understand, and I know that I have to move differently, so I'm encouraging you guys to do the same. 14, and this is straight advice from the travel goddess herself, Miss Evita Robinson. She says that you should always have three things. So 14, she said you need to have that oregano oil to protect your intestines when you're eating abroad. She said always have that with you. And this, how does this help save your pockets? Because then you won't have to pay for any hospital bills locally. Um, and then you, won't, you also won't have to extend your, stip, your trip in one place. You know, let's say you plan for three days in one specific city, then you get sick because of something that you ate. And now you have to extend your stay, pay for more hotel days there for another five days. And then where you were supposed to be at, you still got to pay for that. And then you got to make your way there and then pay for another accommodation on top of that. So definitely this oregano oil is essential to the pockets. Then you have to register for the STEP program. Uh, with the embassy so you know what's going on locally and that you can be evacuated and things like that if need be they know where you are and then also so that you don't end up staying in one place longer than others number 16 and this is also from Evita she says to have travel insurance and the reason how this helps our pockets is, is if you pay a little bit of money up front then it helps you on the back end an event that you get injured or that you get sick while on the road that's really going to be something that helps you to uh, cut your costs in the event that something happens uh, my cousin Ben uh, who's also from the V. When he was talking to me about his time in Ethiopia, it was one of the places that he wanted to see his entire life. But while there, he had gotten sick from something that he had eaten. And he said that he spent the majority of his trip bedridden. And that it's a place that he has to now go back to, but it was just very uncomfortable, the fact that he you know, needed to, uh, to basically take care of himself in that, moment, at that, in that moment in time while he was there on that trip. And so we didn't get into the particulars about the travel insurance, but I'm pretty sure that he did have it and that it was something that was uh, that, that was um, he used to his advantage uh, because of. So number 17 and number 17 is budget websites. Number 17, theflightdeal.com, definitely a website that you want to use. Number 18 is another site, Skyscanner. 19, secretflying.com, and 20, of course, is the IATA Matrix. Now, of course, I just gave you all of those websites, and they, they're all separate numbers. But, of course, you know, I love you guys, Create Your Life Series family, so I got a little bit more for you. Some other things that you can use in order to, uh, to make sure that you maximize your trip is to use CityMapper, which is an app that helps you to really uh, plan what it is that you want to do inside of the uh, city and see what's going on around you. Uh, Duolingo, of course, to translate and uh, to work on your language. Uh, TripIt, which is another app uh, to plan your trips and things like that. And then Live Tracker, which is something that lets you reflect back on the apps and the thing. I mean, on the uh, the trips and things like that that you've had. Now, last segment, but I got to get this to you because it's very important. What are some scams that you need to avoid while abroad? Number one, when you're at the airport, you're in a new city, in a new country, one of the first things that you're going to see or that you might run into is somebody says, oh, a taxi driver says, oh, the, broken, the taxi meter is broken. Don't get into that taxi because what they're telling you is that they're going to hike up the price. You're going to be paying three, four times what it is that it might actually cost for you to get to where you're going. Uh, number two, an uh, overbook uh, or closed host- hotel. 
you know, they a cab driver will tell you that your your accommodations are overbooked, things like that. You want to check that stuff before. You also want to check how much it should cost from the from the airport to wherever it is that you stand. Because the thing about that is, is that you you will end up at a hotel or an accommodation that they will get paid a commission on and you've already paid your money at the place that you wanted to based upon their word, you're there in the place that you originally booked for accommodation is actually available, alive and well, waiting for you to get there. Um, Number three, don't take free anything, especially at the airports and tourist areas. Oftentimes people want to come up to you, put bracelets on your hands, rosemary, all of that stuff. No, none of it. Because then they're going to request a payment from you, and then they might get upset or hostile when you decide that you want to give it back. Seen that happen a few times. Fake police officers. Uh, Oftentimes, some people will come up to you, and they will offer you drugs and things like that. And in the process of you saying no, some cops will approach you, or people dressed like cops approach you, and then basically say that they're about to arrest you. You, you know, caught up in the drug ring, et cetera, et cetera, take you to the ATM, and then get you to withdraw some money. So you want to watch out for that. Another thing, especially in Europe, spills on your clothing. Somebody spills something on your clothing, comes to assist you, things like that. They want to pick your pockets. So watch out for that. Those are the tips that I would say that will help you stay safe while on the road, but also travel tips that will help you not break the bank. And Create Your Life Series family, as you know, if you have any questions about the show, then always you can contact us via Facebook Live. You can hit us up on our Instagram at CYL series. And you know that our podcast episodes come out every single Friday at 8 a.m. So be sure to download those and create your life series.com also has the, the podcast on there and we're available on iTunes and Stitcher. And that is a wrap. We, it's been a beautiful Sunday and continue. Enjoy your week. And we will see you here next Sunday. This episode of the Create Your Life series is brought to you by Manners Soul Food and Salad Bar Restaurant in Harlem, New York. Manners is open seven days a week from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Manners has been serving soul food in Harlem for 31 years. They have now added healthier options to their 8th Avenue locations menu, such as steamed dumplings and fresh salad bar, and all of their food is cooked with fresh herbs like garlic, rosemary, thyme, basil, and ginger. You can find out which location is close to you by visiting their website, soulfood.com.